What's up, guys? I'm Sean Lights Out Merriman, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolt Podcast. Thanks for listening. Here's what's coming up this week on the Charged Up Bolts Podcast. It was the classic pattern that Chargers games seem to have followed this year, where we just have one quarter just awful football. Burrow apparently is the better quarterback. Unbelievable. So I had a rant about this the other day. Hello and welcome to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. I'm your host, Bez the Spaniard, Elliot Bermudez Gotten, who is back, baby. I'm back. I'm feeling great. You know, you've missed me. It wasn't the same without me, was it, guys? Where I am joined <laughs> by the guys that had my back while I was unwell. They are John Moss Jr. No, John Moss Jr. Dan King and John Ayres. How are you, my brothers? <sighs> Same we're good, man. We're, we're good. We're good. We got another victory. It's a big one as well. You know, the, the Chargers dominate the Bengals, never in doubt. You know, it's it's a big 41-22 win. None of us ever thought we were blowing it because we know the old Chargers are dead and the new Chargers don't give away these leads. They dominate their opposition. <laughs> I think John Ayres was the only one that predicted that the Bolts would win. It's not a prediction when you know what's going to happen. You're just telling you're just telling people what's going to happen. <laughs> you, did, you, did, hey, you did predict that uh, Keenan Allen touchdown pass to Justin Herbert, though. Or that tackle. Or that, I mean, that tackle. You mean the two-point two conversion catch, you mean? Not touchdown. Yeah, sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course it was. Well, perhaps we'll have a little was. competition. Anyone it listening so watching, ago, forgot. it can't be called the Philly Special. Winner, winner is whoever comes up with the best new name for uh, for whatever they just got up with. You know, um, I've and already got it, Herbert I've is a better wide receiver than uh, Tom Brady, so uh, I'll take it. It's the 13 to 10 special, special, you know, it's, it's a big win. Uh, the, the charges go out ahead, uh, dominate the Bengals early, and then take their foot off the gas, letting the Bengals get turnovers, dominate, come back into the game, nearly tie it up before the defense really showed up. Tavon Campbell scoops up to put us with him defensive score, something the Chargers have been missing this season. And, you know, it really wasn't a 2021 Chargers performance. I think there was a lot of stuff I saw that looked like we'd adjusted. You know, we looked good with hey, there pressure. Were no we good. Say again. There were no eyesores. <laughs> there was a few. There was a few. Um, but I, I was really impressed with the Chargers. You know, they gave us a bit of a scare. Um what were your main takeaways from this really important playoff hunt victory, John Walsh Jr.? Main takeaways, good and bad. Which, uh, take, take your pick. Pick out your best ones, your um, good and your bad. The fact, the fact that, look, Herbert um, played really well. He got he got beaten up, quite frankly. Norton gave up a sack and two hurries. Schofield gave up a hit. Lindsley had a clean game, as usual. Matt Fowler had a sack and a hit. And Slater allowed a sack, a hit, in a hurry. You know, um, it, it was it was a pretty much of a horror show in terms of watching both quarterbacks getting beaten up out there. But the fact that he was airing the ball out to his receivers, um, he played really well. Obviously, the two point conversion that we've already spoke about. You know, nice little trick play there. And we know he's got moral fibre. He's got Kahuna's that tackle because when Austin Eckler fumbled the football, I thought, uh oh. Bengals are running here for six, but there was Herbert down the side with a, with a crunching tackle. And I tell you what, 
If I was <sighs> some of our defense, look, listen. If I was a, some of our defensive players, I'd be going to have a chat with Justin Herbert, saying, "What's your secret to being able to tackle?" Because there's still some bad tackling. Um, we, 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 you know, Taylor Campbell wasn't great again with with the, with the tackling. Um, but on the positive side, we did hold Joe Mixon, didn't we? to 2.8 yards of carry on 19 attempts. So they're doing something right there. I expected Mixon to be running for a dollar fifty, but that never happened. Um, 27 pressures on Joe Burrow. Um, so, yeah, there's there's lots of good and bad, and people were losing their minds because we gave up 20-odd points. But this is the NFL with Joe Burrow under centre. The Bengals are going to compete. But uh, it's great to see us you know, um, picking up the W and in the end comfortably. Well, it's, you make a really good point about this This whole, you, you look at Mixon, I have him in fantasy in quite a few leagues and he's been absolutely dominant. And yet we, we, we don't look like the same team we did a few weeks ago where every single run play is looking like it's going to go for a first down or be, or more. You know, the big improvements. I, I credit a lot with Justin Jones. Um, I think I've noticed since he's come on the line, as well as obviously we're clearly focusing on it in, in training sessions midweek, that we're a much different team. I mean, Dan, were you really pleased to see that tighten up or were there other areas of the game that impressed you? It, it was, it was um, relieving to see that tighten up a bit. And I do think you're right. I think Justin Jones is a big part of that. Um, hopefully we get Linval back and have them kind of, really asserting some kind of dominance there because there, there was enough going on there to free up the rushing uh, despite Bosa not being there for the majority of the game. Um, so you got a lot more pressure, it seemed like. And then, yeah, you got the... Um, Tevon Campbell, who I felt comfortable tweeting during the first half, we should fire Campbell. Um, getting that, that um, fumble, so... Um, yeah, it was it was an entertaining game. It was stressful, of course. Going up, what was it? We went up twenty four nothing. We scored twenty four uncontested. They scored twenty two uncontested. We finished it with seventeen more. So it was a it was the classic pattern that Chargers games seem to have followed this year, where we just have one quarter of just awful football. Um, Always so was, sponsored by Dan King. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'd say two quarters. The second yeah, and this, the third were pretty a bad. Great, a great half in the middle. <laughs> yeah, that was horrendous. I tweeted out you know, the second and third quarter were absolutely awful. But it, look, you can expect this on the road. We're not, you know, we're, we're not going to, we're not seeing any easy games really, are we, in the NFL this year? There are a lot of close games, a lot of teams winning and losing every other week. So it's an entertainment. Uh, in fact, uh, in the AFC, it's really close. We're a couple of games off first. We're, a, we're one game off not being in the playoffs. There's a lot of teams in the mix. It's a really big game to go out and, and grab the ball by the horns and win. We, when we did that, and you know, it's not perfect, but major improvements have been made. You know, We're not getting gashed by the run, um, and we're resilient enough to, when we do fall down, to get back up again. Um, I mean, John, you know, did you think it was over at 24-22 up? Did you think the momentum is with the Bengals? They're going to win. What things were you happy with, not happy with? Well, I mean, ultimately, I think what it came down to is there's obviously some execution issues, um, but turnovers, right? It just, I think the turnovers are what really felt like the game started swinging the other way. I mean, it could have been, to be perfectly honest, it could it could have been like 34 to to, tw uh, to 20 
at halftime. It really could have been like this team could have scored pretty much every time they touched the ball. Uh, but turnovers uh, seem to really kill them. Um, you know, I, I just, I, I felt like there was that worry of, Oh my goodness, is this going to happen again? Um, but uh, honestly though, it was not as bad as it was previously. I, I really feel like I've turned the corner on this team a little bit as far as faith goes. Um, I just have more faith that they're going to turn it around and make the play that they need to towards the end of the game. Now, do I wish they could just take a lead and hold on to it and just kind of, you know, run it from end to end without ever having any, you know, you know, massive uh, setbacks in the middle? Yes, I, I do wish that. I, I don't want to be playing in so many games that come down to the fourth quarter. But again, it's the NFL, and honestly, this year it's been that way for every team. I mean, there's a there's not a single team in the AFC that you can locate and go, nope, that team. No, no issues. They're they're a contender, right? I mean, right now the number one seed is the New England Patriots, a team that after a few games of, uh, in the early part of the season, we thought, okay, they were destined to be maybe third in their own division. Now they're the number one seed in the league. So, I mean, despite only completing two passes in that game on Monday night as well, which is just yeah. wild. I mean, it's wild, but it's exactly what's right about the coaching there. And then they just say, look, we make adjustments in game and we make adjustments per game, right? We don't have like, this is what we're going to do. And if we do it well, we're going to win. If we don't do well, we're going to lose. I think that's an old antiquated way of thinking. That's how Anthony Lynn thinks. Uh, and that's what we saw last year of, Hey, when it's going well, great. But when it's going poorly, you're still going to keep ramming your head into a wall, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So, you know, to me, that was a masterclass in coaching by Bill Belichick yet again. Uh, and to be perfectly honest, and I know the weather played into it, but to be perfectly honest, uh, it makes me feel a lot better about the loss to the Patriots early, uh, earlier on the season, which felt like a pretty bad loss, but now it feels like, a okay, that, that happens. He's just a really good coach kind of lost some, um, but you know, thinking about the game as a whole, I just, I, I was not as, I was not as worried about it. So I'm glad to see that they were able to kind of bring it together. Um, you know, Bosa went out early with a concussion and I was worried. Um, it was really nice to hear the coach say, basically, look, he went out with a head injury. Um, he probably could have come back in cause he cleared the protocol, I think. Uh, and the coach is like, no, given his injury history, and especially with what we've seen with ASJ, he's like, no, you're not going back in there. And obviously, uh, by the time they probably got the results, they were probably still up 24 to whatever. Um, so they probably felt pretty good about the chances. He probably didn't feel like a pressure to bring it back in. But still, I, I do like the way that they're thinking with that. So I think this team is starting to really hit their stride. I think that they are getting healthy at the right time. And I think, you know, um, you know, it's exciting to see what uh, what this what Staley and this team can do for because it feels like maybe the defense is finally jelly. And I said in the beginning I of the season, so. <clears throat> beginning of the season, I was like, hey, you know what? Just when Staley took over the Rams, it took them like half a season before they started really like looking like a dominant force, right? Not that I actually think this defense is a dominant force. I don't think they have the personnel. We've been saying it all year. He, he needs a few more players and pickups that I think can really solidify what he wants to do. But I just figured it would take a while for them to get going. Now, did I think it was going to take like, you know, 10 weeks to get figured out? No, I didn't think it was going to take 10 weeks. So that's when I started getting really scared around week six or seven when it still looked like they hadn't really figured anything out. Um, but it looks like that hopefully they figured it out. I think people are getting healthy. And I think, uh, you know, I think we're going to see much better performances from the um, from the defense moving forward. And Chris Rumpf. Yes, sack. finally shows up. Chris Rumpf, five tackles, sack, tackle for loss. That's what, well, this that's is the what, thing with Staley. He develops players. And I, I don't. I worried. It's probably the same as you that we weren't really seeing it. We weren't seeing anybody just take a massive stride forward. And all of a sudden, you know, we, we're seeing um, Uchenna Nwosu is the ninth-ranked pass rusher since uh, the over the last ten weeks. Um, 
he's absolutely lit it up and gone from sort of zero he, hero from zero. Um, if you take a look at what he's done, he's 15 pressures since week 10, three sacks in that span. Really, really impressed with him. Uh, Justin Jones, as I mentioned earlier, turns up. You know, he, had the, he was missing. He's come back. He's making a real difference. Um, and you six just sacks. feel as if it's a different defence. When did we last time we have six sacks in a game? I can't remember. You know, I want to add yeah. to that. I want to add to that the full-on breakout for Kaiser White. I think Kaiser White, we saw glimpses oh, of yes. before. We thought, hey, he's a solid guy. He's going to be, we thought, oh, he's going to be a solid part of the defense. He's mm-hmm. one of the leaders of this defense. He just is out there making plays. You know, right. He's really developed under Staley. And, you know, a lot of people got, and I, me included, were like, why was Colometti out there starting at left guard? And they said, look, we're developing Jameis and he's not ready. And you know what? At first I was like, Given the performance, there's no way that could be true. But you know what? The way he's developing everybody, the way Rump is finally, you know, having a little bit of a mini breakout in himself in one game, it's a small sample size. But if he can continue this type of development, it's going to make me really believe, okay, well, there's something to Staley's method. He's kept some of these younger guys out. He's kept them kind of under wraps, letting them develop, letting them learn the technique and the skill that they need. And then giving them an opportunity to unleash them. And I really think that we're starting to see the fruits of that labor, right? Like I said, we always talked about this being a transition year, right? Transitioning to the new coaching staff. We all thought with the talent and with the coach, we had the ability to potentially make the playoffs, but we didn't think it was going to be much more than that. And to be honest, I think they're ahead of schedule, right? Are they as ahead of schedule as we all thought at four and one? Obviously not. People are starting to talk about Super Bowl for some crazy reason, whatever. Super Bowl, but, baby. Uh, we're not that far ahead of schedule, but do I think we're ahead of schedule of what I thought we would be? Then yes, I do believe that. I think that the, some of these young guys are really starting to pop. And if they all can develop into something, you know, which we haven't seen before, right? We haven't seen these later round draft picks develop under Telesco, right? Uh, whether that's the coaching or Telesco's evaluation, I don't know, but they just haven't really developed, right? If we're starting to see the development of that, this team is going to be really, really dangerous because that means we're actually going to have depth at a position. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm taking massive positive. I was laying in, in my deathbed ill, needed the charge to cheer me up. Massive early lead. I thought this is just so not charges to come up with a game plan that dominates. Um, and, and then they gave me the chills by nearly losing it. And we finished, which is the most important thing. You go on the road, you beat a playoff contender and you dominate and you win with it with a healthy score. Whoever you got there, love that. It's, um the thing that's really riled me up, and I'm angry, I'm really annoyed. PFH, <laughs> no, not PFH, PFF. Um, PFF. Burrow apparently was the better quarterback. Unbelievable. So I had a rant about this the other day, talking about how Burrow was fantastic. He had drops and long passes that are. Oh, no, 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 mate. No. Herbert got the job done and was better quarterback in every single way. Joe, I don't know what their problem is to hate Justin Herbert so much, but our QB gets it done. And talking to him just briefly, because um, I think I think it's important to mention at this point, from one QB to another, happy birthday, 40 years old, Philip Rivers. Yes. Um, that is today, is it Sir not? Philip. Sir Philip, you know, so you know, we've got we've got our 40 year old hero, but but Justin Herbert, the young the young gun, dominates the um so the, the, I've just got the, the QBR sophomore. ratings up. Justin Herbert, 79.9. Joe mm-hmm. Burrow, 32.6. So Burrow was 24 or 40 for 300 yards, a touchdown and two interceptions. His rating was 70.8. Herbert, 26 of 35, 317, three touchdowns, a two-point conversion reception, a tackle, an interception, four sacks and under an 18.4 rating. So I know um, if you listen to um, Matt Money-Smith, um 
the greatest voice in in uh, in sports. He says, you know, you know, the PFF do a lot of good things. You know, I, you all know that I'm a, a fan of looking at the grades because it gives you a snapshot where people are. But he says some of the stuff that they do, he just does not agree with. And going back to what you said about Burrow um, being the better QB of the day, nonsense. Well, let, let me come at them a little bit because I, I don't want to just have a moan. I want to tell the people on Twitter, our viewers, everyone who's listening on the podcast, I want to tell you why. I think they have a problem. They have this, they, it seems to be an agenda with them that they just don't like the Chargers. They definitely don't like Justin Herbert. They said he was a draft bust and they failed to recognize his achievements ever since, consistently picking on him and, and dragging him down. Now, here's a little idea of, of why they do that because there was a, a PFF analysis uh, analyst that came up with why he thinks Burrow did better. Effectively, he calls Herbert a jump ball specialist he throws it deep and long and just sticks it up there and hopes his receivers catch it whereas apparently joe burrow slotted it into three times in distance so i went back to the tape joe burrow found pretty much open men three times that i could hit between 30 and 50 yards open <laughs> right which is not a perfect back shoulder pass or a dropping a dime on someone brilliant well done you picked an open man in a busted coverage Whereas Justin Herbert does sometimes throw up jump balls to Mike Williams in particular. The fact is quite simple. Mike Williams is probably one of the best jump ball specialists in the league. And if you're throwing it up, the placement is perfect so that he knows Mike Williams is the only guy that's going to get it. The reality is some of those plays are just good defensive plays that Justin Herbert's incredible arm strength sends it 60, 70 yards down the field right where his wide receiver can go up and make a talented play. That is not something to pick on Justin Herbert for. So PFF, stick your sock in it. If, you, if you're, if you're it. airing the ball downfield, you've got to have a, you got a number of things going for you. You've got to be able to read the defence for a start. You've got to have the mechanics to get out of trouble. And let's be honest, Herbert's been under a lot of pressure this season. And you've got to be able to trust your receiver core. Um, it's as simple as that. You know, let's let, Let's look at... Trevor Lawrence, he's had some big throwdown. They've gone all over the place. It matters have me playing at uh, quarterback for, for Jacksonville. I, I don't get this. Herbert makes mistakes, all quarterbacks do, and he's still learning the game. But look at the ticker tape, another record that he's broke. Yeah, I, I was Is he going to stop breaking records at some point? Because it's, it's, it's brilliant. Sorry, go on, Dan. I was just going to jump in and say that it's not like he's the only quarterback with a strong arm who's throwing it downfield as well. Like they don't say the same thing about when Aaron Rodgers throws his Hail Marys. They don't say anything on that. They might have done on Jay Cutler and Joe Flacco, but definitely Jay Cutler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone said bad things about Jay Cutler, <laughs> um, even his linemen. Um, but <laughs> Ooh, the, the one no. one of the guys I saw criticizing <laughs> Herbert and praising Burrow was Dan Olofsky. The Dan Olofsky, who was quarterback for the Colts, I think, when he ran out the back of the end zone while trying to complete a pass. Um, so I, I'm happy just taking my own eyes and my own opinion here and trusting in Herbert. I, I, I love the take. I, I, and it's just utterly really, it's, it's an agenda that's being driven that is not based on facts. We're not home. We're not sort of homers here saying that, you know, he's in the greatest thing since sliced bread. And, and I don't want to slander Rivers, but in his latter years, there was quite a number of times where he just threw it up and prayed. And, you know, can someone please jump higher than the D 
and get me a first down. As, as Snow puts it, Lamar Jackson jump balls where he doesn't look and hopes Andrews will grab it. It's yes, not that Snowy, kind of play. Exactly. We're at war with PFF. Well, I mean, for for one thing, I don't <clears throat> I don't think PFF in general is necessarily is is taking that stance. Yes, their rating gave uh they rated him a better passer. I think they actually gave him a better fumble rating when Fumburo actually fumbled the ball. Which again, I, I don't know. Anyways, it's a whole other thing. But their rating system is a little bit off, right? Like whoever is in charge of actually going through and charting throws and deciding how to do it. I don't know if that's done by an individual person or if that's done by a machine, but I definitely don't agree with it. Right. Like one of the stats that came out was um, big time throws. Right. And they said Herbert had one big time throw. I, I I'm sorry. There's what? anywhere from three to seven of them, depending on how you grade your big time throws. Right. And I think that I think so. I think that stats way off. Um, you know, they, they, they're, they try to, they try, they go too far in the analytics direction where they try to say, well, we're going to take away those, those ugly old school stats that everybody loves like yards and, 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 and touchdowns and blah, blah, blah. I'm almost like, like you can't, I get the point of, of, of analytics and advanced stats. I'm a big proponent of them. Okay. I, I get that, but you can't completely remove every single stat that you think is, oh, is an old, every single P every stat is a data point that points to something. Right. So. Um, the big person who's making this argument, you know, besides Arlovsky who's going tape, 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 tape. Well, I don't know what fucking tape you're watching Dan Arlovsky, but I'm sorry. You're full of crap. All right. You're, you're, you're the, the BS little slinging throws that, that Burrow's making. Okay, great. That's great. But he's not the better quarterback. All right. Half the throws that Burrow made, um, I could have thrown, right. There are, there are at least five to 10 different throws that Herbert does that only Herbert can throw. Like literally maybe one other person in the entire league can make those throws. Okay. So don't, don't give me this. Oh, he was just as good. Okay. Maybe if you look at it from the lens of, well, Herbert is a superior quarterback and Herbert maybe or Burrow had, you know, he's a lower quarterback. So his lower ceiling gave him more opportunity to look better. Okay. I'll give you that. Maybe Herbert has looked better in his career. So maybe they were judging Herbert at a higher standard than we are Burrow. Maybe, but. Either way, I don't know how you can come away from that game saying convinced, okay, Burrow was a better quarterback in that game. That's garbage. It is absolutely not true. Additionally, when it comes to the, the main PFF person, it's, it's some guy, Andrew PFF or whatever. I'm actually not sure how he's related to PFF. Like, I think he, he's an individual who may work there. He's a massive Bengals homer. If you follow him at all and, and check out his timeline, he, all he does is tweet about Bengals. He's a massive Bengals homer. And all he did was pick and choose individual stats that he chose were the stats that were important, right? These four stats that Burrow led in are the most important stats, right? I'm just like, come on, dude. Like, what about, okay, let's, let's disregard yards and points and all that other stuff. Okay. Let's, 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 let's disregard that one little thing. Okay. Whatever. Let's look at some of these CPOE, EPA, interceptable passes, completion percentage, adjusted completion percentage, all things that are more advanced stats than the ones that he, that than those traditional stats. Herbert won in all of those categories. He had a better QBR. He had a better, a better NFL rating. He had a better passer rating in most other metrics. Like basically with the exception of these like three or four stats that he picked and choose Herbert was the superior quarterback. So don't tell me, Oh, you got to look at the stats that, that tell you everything. I'm like, yeah, if you want to look at all the stats, great. Guess what? Herbert wins like I think like seven to three or seven to four or something in stat categories. Okay. So Herbert was probably the better overall quarterback that game. Additionally, when you take in talent and the fact that, oh yeah, that's right. He led them to victory uh, and Burrow couldn't. 
ultimately, I think, while I don't think wins are a quarterback stat, I think they are something that has to be considered at some point. And you know what? When you pile everything up, there's no way in my mind you can walk away from that game and go, for sure, Burrow was a better quarterback. Maybe you can say, hey, they both played really well. Okay, maybe you can say, hey, Burrow played better than that score or the loss says. I buy that. I 100% agree. I thought Burrow looked pretty good through many yeah. stretches. But there are a lot of things that Burrow could not do that he did not do well that her, that Herbert did do well. And, you know, credit, you know, they talk about the swagger and that it factor. Well, you know what? Part of swagger to me is being aggressive. And I'll tell you right now, definitely Burrow has such a low aggressiveness score. Basically, unless, Ch unless Jamar chase is running free on the back end of a play, he's not throwing it deep. So I'm sorry. I'm not going to award the best quarterback of the day to the guy who's going to dink and dunk and hopefully wait for somebody, some sort of broken coverage. I'm going to give it to the better talent. I'm going to get it to the better quarterback. I'm going to get the quarterback who stands in the pocket and makes something happen. I'm going to give it to the quarterback who runs routes, catches two point conversions. I'm going to give it to the quarterback who goes out there and makes touchdown saving tackles. Okay. That's who I'm giving it to as the better quarterback, as a person I want to start my franchise with, not some guy who smoked a cigar and looks like freaking Kevin McAllister when he's 30. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't, I love cigars. I'm a big cigar smoker. That doesn't make me, that doesn't mean I have the it factor. Okay. So just please let's settle down with this. Yes. I'm loving it. All right. I'm well, gonna... we're going to be, we're, we're talking about, we're going to war for our, for our QB, but let's switch tact and look at a different QB. The Chargers are probably going to lose to Mike Glennon this week. FYI, we're recording this on a, on a Wednesday. Uh, injury report came out. Guess who's listed as limited participant with an ankle injury today? Not Jake from no, uh, Saquon Barkley. So oh, brilliant. If, I, if, him in my fantasy <laughs> I know. Right. But if Saquon is injured and not playing at hundred percent, that's just another boost to this chargers defense. So positive well, news, I guess. And, and yeah, the report is where the giants are prepping Jake from to be starting at quarterback. Well, well, it depends. Mike Lennon, is, Mike Lennon is in a concussion protocol. So if Glennon gets out of concussion protocol, then Glennon's the starter. But if he cannot get out of the protocol, then it'll be Jake from. So either way, Jake from where? Jake, Jake from Jake from. I, I, I had a rumor they're going to bring. Law. I had a rumor they're bringing Eli Manning back. Talking about Georgia, right? <laughs> Go Bulldogs! Sorry, this is the thing. So we face the Giants. It's it's the softest matchup on our schedule. I think we go we go. I think then to we have Chiefs. It's not Texans. Houston, is it? No, Chiefs, Texans, and uh, Broncos to finish. So it's it's an interesting end. The Giants banged up. Golladay could be missing. Tony could be missing. Barkley's injured. We don't know what quarterback they're going to start. The Giants still can cause you problems. Um, and one I'm, and two I, in the division. Sorry, one and two against uh, the AFC West, should I say? Yeah. So rather... I think this is one where we have to tee off on the quarterback, constant pressure, challenge them to make mistakes, defensive turnovers. This is a victory on a platter. I do not want to take it for granted. I don't want to sit here and say, oh, we've got this in the back. We haven't. This is exactly the kind of game you expect the Chargers to win. And then someone like Travis Benjamin of old runs into his own end zone. Something like that could happen. I want a clean game, constant pressure. I want a cutthroat victory. And we take advantage so that there's no from miracles. Um, do we think that we, we really, you know, even if we lose Keenan Allen, and we don't have him playing because he is vaccinated. He could make it back, but perhaps perhaps doesn't. Do you think, John, that this is a victory that uh, that we're bringing home too easy, taking it for granted? Where are you going? 
Well, I, it should be an easy win. I, I'll be honest with you. The Giants aren't very good. Their offense has been historically bad over the last few weeks. Um, they're playing with backups. Um, the coaching is bad. The defense has been mediocre at best, and that was supposed to be a big, strong suit for them. So honestly, there should be no reason that this team has any problem with them. But unfortunately, I can't trust this team right now. You know, as much as I want to praise them for what they're doing and they're on a good roll, I mean, it just feels like any week this team could just lay an egg on the field. And I, and I, you know, and I don't know what it is. This team seems to play best when their backs are against the wall and their backs are absolutely the opposite direction. Ten and a half point favorites is not is definitely not back against the wall. So anytime you see a straight, like everybody chooses the chargers, uh, which is what's going to end up happening when we get all these, you know, pundit predictions, it seems like the chargers want to lay an egg. So I think, I don't know what Staley can do to motivate these guys and say, look, you need to come out here and you need to play your best and you need to not let up, but he needs to figure out how to keep them from letting up because if they let up, they can lose. Cause guess what? As bad as the giants are, they are an NFL team. These are professional athletes. They have pride. They actually are good at football, regardless of what the record might say. Okay. So if you go in there, assuming you're going to win, taking it easy, looking ahead to Kansas City, as much as we want to say this is an easy game, guess what? Sunday, Giants. Thursday, they got to fly back home and play Kansas City and SoFi. So guess what? They're probably not necessarily focused on the Giants. They're focused probably on Kansas City because that could be for the division. Um, that could be the divisional difference right there. We beat Kansas City on Thursday. We could be number one in the division, get a home home playoff game. But we got to beat the Giants first, and I'm really worried they're going to look ahead. So, so this is where, honestly, this is where good coaches make their money. This is where good coaches are able to take. Um, this is where good coaches are <laughs> able to uh, to motivate players and say, "Look, I know." It might seem like they are pushover. They are not. The Giants are a professional team. They're a good team. If we don't come out with our A game, we will lose. They cannot come out flat. They need to come out. They need to handle business, and then they can move on to um, to Kansas City and focusing on that important Thursday night game. Definitely agree. Before I before I go to Woz, yeah, I'll just show you that the latest news is they just signed a free agent. This is their. I, told, I, so I just said ten minutes ago they've just re-signed Eli Manning. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> do you know what? That's what you have to do. Pin that up in the dressing room and say, don't care if he's left. Go beat him. Uh, Dan, what are you excited about? <laughs> yeah, see, he's, for those that, um, it's not watch, for those of you not watching this, Dan is based in Colchester, which is the home of the uh, British <laughs> Airborne Brigade. And there's a load of uh, Chinook... <laughs> Uh, helicopters flying above his house, so he's currently on mute. So I'll, we'll we'll defer to um, myself. I've got some yeah, go I've got bold predictions. We're going to drop a forty burger on the Giants. Okay, we're going to drop a forty. I think. Bearing in mind, we've got to go back to play Kansas City on Thursday night. I think Brandon Staley will rest. Joey Bosa and give Chris Rumpf more snaps. Okay. And I'm also going to predict in the fourth quarter, he yanks Justin Herbert. They're my three bold predictions. There you go. I like send, it. Send it. I am not going to hit you. I'm telling you now. <laughs> but I, I'll, I'll, I'll put a caveat on this. I did say the Bengals are going to beat the Chargers on Sunday. <laughs> I'm glad I was wrong. 
Mr. Chinook, are his bold uh, predictions adequate? I, I think I don't think they're that bold. Um, I think a bold prediction would be that um, we get fifty. Um, fifty burger. The, um, we have back-to-back weeks with multiple interceptions. Um, yeah, the, the thing is, though, with that, Dan, you've got to have a quarterback that can pass a football. <laughs> you know, burrow three hundred yards. It's probably why we got two picks. But I think Mike Glenn will be lucky to pass over one fifty. <laughs> Or Saquon Barkley just finds every hole in our O line, in our D line. He did throw for 187 against Miami, so it's it's not out of out of reach for him. It isn't. It's it's just I just couldn't agree with with John Moore that this is one of these where the Chargers are gonna want to lay an egg. They'll play down to the competition, even though they're not the Chargers of old. It tends to happen. Most teams end up changing their own performance levels, dropping if they're playing a poor team. Who did the you know Jets have just beaten the Eagles? I think didn't they this weekend? And if you saw the the Eagles play that game, it's like Jesus Christ on a bite. Um, I just think that we can overcome it. And then I think you know there's going to be turnovers. We can, we, we, there's tough. There's stuff for us to take advantage of. And um, I'm predicting a 17-14 defeat. I'm joking. 17-14 victory. <laughs> Barkley's going to do okay, I think, and he's going to win my fantasy matchup. But we'll win. John, what's your prediction? Um. So I want to I want to lay forty burger again because God that would be nice to see that back to back. It'd really be nice to see Lombardi not be a conservative freaking douche like he is sometimes. But I I do think he goes conservative again because I think he does. I do think the defense has another good game though. I think they're set up to to dominate this game. I don't think they have a score. So uh, I'm I'm gonna say that I I think they do win this easily i do think i do think that they win it easily but i think they do the same thing with the Bron- uh with the as they did with the Bengals. I, I think there's a let up i think they get out to an early lead and then i think they kind of kind of settle down and then i think the giants make a, a small run a small one uh but ultimately i think the the bolts hold them off and keep it real so uh, i'm gonna say uh 27 uh 27 to 17 where are you going dan what's your score um 24-12. There we go. No touchdowns, only field goals for um, the Giants. That's fair. Was. 41-10. Giants. Look at you. <laughs> no, Giants. 41-10, Giants. <laughs> I mean, look, you are right. This is this is a this is a trap game for us. But the Giants, I I think, looking at their last three uh, games, going back to Tampa Bay, they scored ten against Tampa Bay, thirteen against the Eagles, and nine against Dolphins. So, uh, with our defense playing a a little bit better, with runs back, you know, um, I'm confident we can hold them to ten. And and if we get on a roll, even without Keenan Allen, I think we've still got enough there to um, worry the, the Giants. Um, it's, a, it's a shame Jason Garrett is still not their offensive coordinator because I might have said six or three for the Giants. <laughs> uh, Snowy's even got 37-20 there. Um, Good man. You know, it, we're all really overconfident. I, 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 
but I'm, I'm pleased that we are. It shows that we're in a good position from getting some momentum, coming in and getting ahead of the scores and ahead of some of the competition chasing us. The Colts are chasing us for a playoff spot and they have a bias. So it's a good opportunity to just move away from that and apply pressure onto the Chiefs ready for the week after. Um, does anyone have any burning last points to discuss before we wrap it up this week? Yeah, I just want to, I want the listeners or the viewers, should I say, to uh, have a vote leave your comments like and subscribe who's got the best hat john or dan bez yeah another another five dollars in the charity pot there bez for not wearing a, anything charges related look at that gold look at that gold it's beautiful yeah, right this hat is a pro hat baby whoa and you can win if i'm joking <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you mug if, him in the street, if yeah, you don't, it. if you don't pick my head as the winning hat, I promise you, Bez will eat a hat again. Not this one, but one of his ugly. Damn hats. it, I wanted that one. <laughs> ah, I understand now why Bez hasn't been on for two weeks. Indigestion caused by all that hat eating. <laughs> yeah, very, very true, guys. Right. It's been a pleasure, and we have one last thing. It's the Ashes. Go England! Cricket, oh. second sport after the NFL. None of you have any idea. It's like it's like baseball, but better. Um, <laughs> but, you know, big chance for the Chargers to win. It's been a pleasure to get back. I'm glad to be back and healthy with you. And uh, thanks for listening, viewing, and being with us. Bolt up. Bolt up.